Oh man, it's going down. As I stated before that lovely intro played for y'all, I got my guys in the building today with me that's ready to hold it down, okay? And I'm going to pass over the mic to my co-host who's back on the mic, joining us for the first time in about three weeks. I'm happy to have this guy on. Zach, what's going on? Well, what's going on, my guy? Happy to be here as always, and it's always a great time of year, especially when we're on this show, but... We are officially in the thick of things in the beginning of April. You said at the NBA playoffs, they're here. They're about to get underway this weekend. And it was a great uh, three weeks off for me covering March Madness, uh, getting uh, ready for the tournament, man. <laughs> what a three weeks of basketball. We really saw some historic things. The first time ever, a Final Four without a number one, a number two, or a number three seed. It was great for me. Uh, a lot of entertaining basketball. But I'm excited to be back, excited to talk some sports with you guys. And, uh, yeah, let's do it. We got my guy, good vibes in the building. Zay, what's going on? You know, I'm having some technical difficulties. I'm seeing my, my computer lagging at, at times. It's falling a little bit back, but things are great. I'm in paradise. It's paradise outside. I hope everyone was able to get at least 30 minutes of sunshine to enjoy the weather. It's beautiful out, but not only is it beautiful out, the playoffs are among us. The NFL has found a way to swoop in and still take over even during their offseason. MLB's in full swing. NHL's in full swing, literally. Uh, there's a lot going on in sports, but I'm happy to be around, y'all, to talk some sports, have some fiery debates. Today is going to be a loaded show. A lot of content's going to be out there, but most importantly, please like, subscribe to the channel. Please comment some of your favorite takes, some takes you want to hear, some cut um, on topics you want to hear this is a great time to be a sports fan it is all around paradise man you could say paradise one more time because outside it's nice out there it's hot out there to be exact it felt like a furnace out there but i hope everybody like they said is enjoying the weather and i hope y'all will enjoy the show that's underway officially right about now as we get into the nba as we all know the playoffs is this weekend and the playing games already kicked off, and we have two more playing games to play in order to know the full schedule of the NBA playoffs, which we will know by tomorrow night. But we all know the NBA playoffs and ring culture and winning a championship, it's a lot of meaning to it, right? A lot, somebody's going to win a chip, and they're going to get thrusted into superstardom if they're not there already. And legacies, you know, those conversations pop up. So there's a lot of pressure for guys who haven't accomplished anything or if they have, maybe not to the fullest extent. Right now, what I want to do is talk about which team is under the most pressure to win an NBA Finals. And Zach, I'm going to get you started here quickly. The mic is yours. Yeah, guys. So I had a few teams that came to mind for me right away, one in the East, one in the West. But I'll start off with the team that came to my gut initially as soon as I saw this question, and it's the team from the West, and I'm going to go with the West's number one seed, the Denver Nuggets. And for me, it might not be the team that everyone around the media is talking about with the most pressure, right? I don't think everyone is necessarily going to be picking the Denver Nuggets to win the NBA Finals and expect them to win. But the way I look at it, I think this is this group's best chance by a far wide margin. If they ever want to ring, win a ring, now is their time to do it. One thing that makes the Denver Nuggets unique off the bat is they have one of the best home court advantages in the league 
with the altitude. Teams aren't used to playing in that environment while they're used to it. And they have home court advantage in every series they're going to play as the number one seed. They could really take advantage of that. And they've been really good at home for the majority of the season. But when we look at this Denver Nuggets team, we all know where the attention goes to. It's Nikola Jokic, the guy that has won the last two NBA MVP awards. And he has a chance, even though it probably won't happen. He was right in that conversation for a third consecutive NBA MVP award. And I think a big reason why he's not going to get that is because historically there haven't been a ton of players that have won three consecutive MVPs that aren't an all-time great. Like there have been many times where LeBron James could have won a bunch of MVPs in a row, but they wanted to give it to another person. And I understand that. However, the one thing that I think could really enhance Jokic's legacy and give him a real chance to say, okay, I am firmly one of the best players in the league. The Nug- this Nuggets group needs a deep playoff run. And the last time they were fully healthy in the playoffs was when they went to the Western Conference final in the bubble. And that was their longest playoff run up to this date. And I think along with this year, this could be their best opportunity to do it. I think whoever wins the playing game tomorrow between uh, Minnesota and Oklahoma City, they should beat whoever wins that pretty easily. And we're going to get into some of the other teams later. But I feel like with all the trades and the big moves that went on in the NBA season during the season, I still feel like there are a ton of questions about some of these other teams. The Denver Nuggets, I don't have questions about them. We know who this group is. We've seen them play together in a bunch of big games. If they ever want to do it, uh, now will be the time for them. So I'll go with Denver. I had another team that came to mind in the East as well. Uh, but, but before I get into that, I'll pass the mic over. Yeah, definitely. I would love to jump in here. I'm pretty sure we may have three different teams here. I'm going to stay in the Western Conference here, but I'm going to go with a different team. I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns here. And it's for a variety of reasons. Number one, they made the biggest trade, arguably, in NBA history by trading for Kevin Durant. And at that point in time, they were declining, but they still was in the middle of the pack in a wide open, you know, Western Conference. Now they just added, you know, Kevin Durant to their team. And now they have a different swagger. As I'm concerned, or as far as I'm concerned, they haven't lost with Kevin Durant in the lineup. So they are undefeated. Okay, so they are playing with a level of confidence. But we all know come playoff time, that confidence and swagger turn into pressure and physicality and and can you match the physicality of other teams those are the big things are you ready for the moment the last time i checked devin booker has some explaining to do game six and seven last year in the maverick series was a no show at all okay um i was about to have to i was about to have to call up coco because he was a no show real talk okay and um monty williams he got our coach by really green his you know a guy that worked for him right he got our coach by jason kidd and I ain't kidding. And potentially, Taiwan Lu in this series can out-coach him because we all know one thing about Taiwan Lu is he is a master adjuster to what you're doing. So he can out-coach him. So Monty Williams has a lot to prove to me. CP3, did I mention him? He hasn't won an NBA Finals yet. Okay, and a perfect chance he had to do so. They was up 2-0. They choked that Finals away. Let's call that what it is. And now we get to Kevin Durant. Okay, and this is what drive it home for me because out of any player in the NBA that you can name to me right now that has the most pressure is Kevin Durant. Why? Because if the Suns lose, who is getting the most heat on on media? It's going to be Kevin Durant. 
We all know he won chips, yes, with the Warriors, but he didn't win nothing before or after Golden State. In fact, Golden State won a chip last year without him. He needs to show that he isn't what Charles Barkley labeled him, which is a bus rider. He got to show that he's the captain, and now is the perfect time with the best team he's ever been on since the Warriors, okay? They have everything you need. You have um, Devin Booker, who's going to be able to take apart his mismatches. You got CP3. Right, you got um DeAndre Ayton who took over a series two series ago. I remember he he went on this run. It's a lot of pressure on everybody on that Suns team. And the cap it off, Kevin Durant is bringing the most pressure. Can he win on his own? Can he be? Can he lead a team to a championship? Okay, he has a lot more to lose. And if he lose, then you could argue, out of all the mistakes and blemishes on his resume. This will be the top of the pie. I'm going the Phoenix Suns. Those are two great takes between the Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns, both teams that um, have depth. They have a lot of um, – they have great coaching, excuse me. They have depth, and they have um, the talent to make those, that deep playoff run, uh, championship run. And those teams, um, I believe, are rightfully so under the most pressure. But there's one team, and actually there's two teams I have in mind, and I'm, I'm – Juggling between both of them, but I feel like I want to go with the hot take because you know me. Zay goes with the hot takes all the time. It's hot outside. I think Lil knows where I'm leaning towards. But the Cleveland Cavaliers have the most pressure to win an NBA Finals. You don't trade for Donovan Mitchell to make the playoffs. You don't trade for Donovan Mitchell to go to the second round of the playoffs. That was a trade to state their dominance in the Eastern Conference. The fact that they were unable to secure a high in a fourth seed is actually laughable. The, when you look at in terms of what they traded for Donovan Mitchell, they traded the farm, the house, stating that this is the guy that's going to bring Dar Darius Garland, Mobley, Allen to the promised land, to a championship, a guy who never been an All-NBA, a guy who never been an MVP, a guy who never been the scoring leader of the league. And you get traded all of that for Donovan Mitchell just to be four or five games over the Knicks, a team that they wanted to gut completely, not the Cavaliers, the Utah Jazz, in order to get those players. The Cavaliers, when you look at their team, you look at their dynamic. Donovan Mitchell is the lead scorer, and then you have Darius Garland, the lead playmaker. But when you watch them play basketball, it's it seems like Dar Donovan Mitchell is the playmaker. Donovan Mitchell is the lead scorer as well. Darius Garland's playing off the side, and that's not what Cavaliers need or want. They traded a boatload for Donovan Mitchell, and they're expecting to reach an NBA Finals. That wasn't a move that you're just, oh, we, we have more pieces to build around. No, that was the big move in order to make an NBA Finals run, to make an Eastern Conference Finals appearance at minimum. This is the pressure we're talking about. The Suns, we understand because you traded for Kevin Durant. He still has years on his contract. He's still going to be there. The Nuggets still have a lot of youth, and they still got years to make an NBA Finals. But the Cavaliers, we cannot bank on what the Eastern Conference can do. We can't say that they'll be better than the Bucks, the Celtics, or Philadelphia, or any other teams in that Eastern Conference for the foreseeable future because everyone is getting better in the Eastern Conference. The Cavaliers' window opened as soon as Donovan Mitchell landed there, and they have to take advantage right now because if not, who knows what happens next year? Who knows where Jalen Brown goes, where Joel Embiid goes, if they stay in the Eastern Conference, if they move to somewhere else? We don't know what can happen in this Eastern Conference. And Donovan Mitchell has been a player who has benefited from – certain situations and scenarios in this particular scenario he went to the cleveland cavaliers team who is picking up a bunch of a bunch of youth and they have the talent to go somewhere the only thing is can he take them somewhere and that's why the cleveland cavaliers have the most pressure to win an nba finals
Um, I got one more team. I guess we might as well go. Not that everybody went with our second choice here. We'll quickly hear. I'm going to keep this short. I'm going Boston in the Eastern Conference. I'm not sure if Zach was trending that way or not, but I'm going Boston here because um they made the finals last year and similar to the Suns, they choked that finals. I believe it was game six in Boston where I thought that there was going to be a celebration in TD Garden and Steph Curry went off and took the life and sucked the life out of that whole organization. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of Jalen Brown rumors. Who knows if Jalen Brown is going to remain with the team or not, right? Whether they trade him for another superstar, whether he walks, we don't know the future of that group, that duo, should I say, of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So there's a lot of pressure. The Eastern Conference, I mean, really, it's a two-team race to me, right? I don't consider the Philadelphia 76ers, even though there's a lot to prove over there, to be a team that I consider seriously. In fact, if they were to make the finals, I'm not going to lie. I'll be hella shocked. I'll be like, what happened to Boston? What happened to Milwaukee? I'll be shocked. It's a two-man race. It's a two-team race. And I think because it's that wide open to get there, so easier to get there, they should be able to take care of the matchups they have. They should be able to beat, you know, Atlanta and beat them good to the point where they have rest. In five games, they take care of them. Right. And then they play the second round match of whoever that's going to be. And then they should be able to, you know, play a Milwaukee and have the confidence to beat Milwaukee. Right. And they have a lot of pressure on them. Jason Tatum, we all know last year in the finals, he did not show up whatsoever. He was one of the more efficient, inefficient, excuse me, players in NBA history. He has some explaining to do. Jalen Brown has more evolving to do, even though he has evolved to the fullest he's ever had in his career. Lots of pressure coaching Joe Mazzula. You know, um, what happened last year with um Ime? You know, a lot of pressure on this team to get it done. I'm going with them in the Eastern Conference. So I gave you a West and I gave you an East. Zach, go ahead. Yeah, a lot of good points on the Celtics there. And, and I do think uh, there is some pressure on them. But the East team I was talking about was Philadelphia. And for similar reasoning to Boston in the sense that, like, if they go another postseason falling short, and I, another point that you guys made that I agree with, like the Eastern Conference, in my opinion, it's pretty thin. Like you have Milwaukee, you have Boston. I think Philadelphia, you could label them as a fringe contender. And I had uh, some thoughts on Zay's take on Cleveland as well uh, that I'll get into. But if Philadelphia falls short again in the playoffs, like James Harden's a free agent at the end of the year. There were a lot of conversations about him possibly wanting to go back to Houston. I, I don't know what. That might just be the move that confirms him as the biggest loser in the history of the NBA if that actually were to happen. But I think there's a lot of pressure on him. He had a pretty good regular season. Um, I, I think this this uh, is the year he needs to do something. Embiid, Doc Rivers, like if Philadelphia falls short again, how much longer can they keep just running things back with this core and keep trying? I think it's a massive uh, postseason for them. And with Boston, yeah, like they had the finals last year. They went into Golden State. Uh, in game one, had a huge comeback. They were up 2-1 after three games in that series. I think there's pressure on them, especially because of the East. Like, besides Milwaukee, besides Boston, there really aren't that many teams that really scare you. And, Zay, I'll go to you on uh, the Cleveland take. I just had one question. So, in terms of your most likely teams to come out of the Eastern Conference, like, where would Cleveland fall there for you? Would you consider them having a bigger chance or a better chance than Boston? Would you consider them having a better chance than Philadelphia? Like, where does 
your level of confidence fall for this Cleveland Cavalier team to get to the NBA Finals because I like the out-of-the-box take. I'm just wondering, like, realistically, how many people are there that think, okay, this Cleveland team can get to the NBA Finals? Well, when you make a move for Donovan Mitchell, you're expecting to be a top-three team in the Eastern Conference. So I had them over Philly, under Milwaukee, under Boston. That is the gratitude or the, the gravitation of what that made, that move was for when they got Donovan Mitchell. When you already have Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, and you already have a point guard who knows how to facilitate, find his own baskets, and be able to make other people around him better, adding Donovan Mitchell to that bunch should put you in the top three in the Eastern Conference. If you don't want to put him near Giannis and Jason Tatum, fine. But if you're saying Donovan Mitchell can't elevate this Cleveland Cavaliers team to a team that should be potentially making an NBA Finals appearance, then what was the move for? You don't you don't just bring a guy like that saying we got more moves to make because he already, he's already getting the bank. He's already make, taking away most of your cap space. So after Donovan Mitchell, if you're still saying or you're sitting here saying they're not better than Philly, then that wasn't a move you should make. That wasn't a move, a good move to make because you can't put your team in that top three conversation when you add in a, a Donovan Mitchell caliber player who's eating up most of your cap space. There's not many moves to make after that. You're, you're going to have to find gems in the draft. You're going to hope that some people sign veteran minimums to, um, to join your team because there's not much to, to, to really build around Cleveland when everybody's already there and everyone's eating up cap space and people are, contracts are up. Evan Mobley contract is coming to a close soon. Um, there's other guys on the bench that are one-year deals that you have to make a decision. Do you re-sign them or do you let them walk and bring in some other dude? So it, it's a lot of situations in Cleveland where if this is not the year that you're trying to push for it all and compete, when is it going to be? I, I will say this to respond to that and to kind of, I won't say what Buttle Zay because it's his opinion and I can see some of the arguments, but it's like, I think there's two different pressures. There's team organizational pressure, which is I traded for Donovan Mitchell. I expect my team to win a chip. Every team outside of the bottom feeders expect their team to try to win a championship. That's why you go out there and play the game unless you're Mavericks trying to tank the playing game, right? But there's also media pressure, legacy. Like, I'm a superstar. I'm better than all these cats I'm playing with. At the end of the day, if we lose, it's not on you. It's on me. I think when you talk about those guys in particular, those are your Kevin Durant's. Those are your Joel Embiid's, your James Harden's that are going to get singled out of the team, right? I don't think Donovan Mitchell, if they were to lose to the Knicks, that, you know, Donovan Mitchell would get singled out to the point of, let's say, Kevin Durant loses to the Clippers or, you know, in a funny-ass world where the Nets beat the 76ers. Right now, now you know who's getting lynched in the media. That's Joel Embiid and James Harden. So I think, you know, Donovan Mitchell, although he is a great, you know, NBA player, one of the top players in the Eastern Conference, there's still guys ahead of him in the pecking order in that conference alone who was going to take most flack from the media if they fail. One thing real quick, and then I'm going to go with the second team I had in regards to a must-win pressure. I think, one, when Shaq came out, I think, last year and said that Donovan Mitchell is not that type of player yet. He's not a guy he's not, he's not a guy on a team so essentially saying he's not a star. He's not, he's not, he's not, he hasn't arisen from to be labeled a, a star in the league yet. That's something that stuck with me when I, when I made that Cleveland Cavaliers take, when I – wanted to see if should we bring Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks or not because if he loses to the Knicks in this series that tarnishes his legacy in a sense because now he's just a scorer 
He's not a star player. He's just a, a guy who could score the basketball really well, and that takes away a lot from a basketball player. Like, we could label guys who are stars and the guys who are great scorers. Monte Ellis, in his career, was a fantastic scorer. He was never labeled a star in his league, and he was one of the better scorers in the NBA. And then when you look at guys like Steve Nash, who didn't score as much, he was a star. He was a, a bona fide star of the league, and that's the, the two different dynamics of how people get labeled in different ways. And then the second one, um, well, I referred to the, the team with the most pressure. Um, Lil, you just said his, their name, the um, Los Angeles Clippers. Um, you added Kawhi Leonard. You added PG-13. These guys are barely playing. PG-13, I feel like he under 13 the way he be missing games. He don't be in the show. He don't be in the movie. It doesn't Rated make any PG. sense. <laughs> the man is ridiculous. The man doesn't show up. And the, the fact that he's always injured. Kawhi Leonard is in and out of games. He's always hurt. You bring in Russell Westbrook. You have a bona fide bench. Highland, um, Powell, um, um, Batum. The list goes on and on with what they have on that bench. And the fact that if you don't make an NBA Finals or even a Western Conference Finals, what is this all for? You're going to have to blow it up. That whole team's going to be gone. Tyron Lue, Kawhi, PG, Westbrook. The entire roster is just going to be kaput. It's going to be gone. And then we're going to be knowing this um, this Clippers team for what they are, a failing franchise, a franchise that's been a laughingstock for the early 2000s, and they picked back up in the late enemy in the mid-2010s. And, you know, it's, it's something that's going to be interesting to see if this Clippers team does not try to make a conservative effort to make an NBA Finals because they have all the talent there. The coaching, he's an NBA champion. What What's left? What is left for this um, Clippers team to be – in that NBA champion or finals conversation. I think that team need, has one of the, if not the most pressure to win an NBA finals. That was the other team that came to mind for me. I think this is a super important postseason for them. And it's super unfortunate that Paul George isn't going to be out there for the start of the series. There is some small hope they could get him back maybe around game four, game five. I think that would be ideal for the Clippers. But the thing I'm wondering about with this situation is as disappointing as the Clippers have been each time they've, uh, lost early in the playoffs they've had at least an excuse to cover up for it right oh the first year they lose to the nuggets that was in the bubble it was clear they clearly didn't prioritize that basketball they didn't care the next year they upset the number one seeded jazz they went to the western conference finals but Kawhi leonard tore his acl they never really had a chance against the phoenix suns then last year they get into the play-in tournament and paul george gets covid the morning of their elimination game against the pelicans he's out now this year they're going to lose George for the beginning of the Sun Series. Like, after so much time, could you keep relying on these excuses? Or is Steve Ballmer, the guy that's one of the richest people in the world, the richest owner in the league, is he going to say, all right, enough, enough, enough is enough. We can't keep going on like this. The problem with the Clippers for me is they're that prototypical NBA team in 2023 that just doesn't prioritize the regular season. They don't care about it. They don't play anyone. And then as soon as they get to the playoffs, you could see their chemistry is off. They're not as tight, as intact as a lot of these other teams. And ultimately, they keep on falling short. However, we're going to get into this a little later in the show. The team they're playing in the first round, they're in a little bit of a similar situation. And I'm really looking forward to that series. And as we move on to kind of sprinkle my take on the Clippers there, that's why, to me, you can make the argument that Kawhi Leonard has a lot of pressure as far as on-the-floor pressure. And you could argue maybe media pressure, right? Because we know that he won the chip on the Raptors and the Spurs. So that Raptors chip kind of signified, all right, this guy can win without pop. But it's like, okay, you lose to the, in the first round, and we saw what happened in the bubble. You know, sometimes we get amnesia. We don't remember what you did five years ago because – 
how many things happened five years past, right? So now we're going to reflect back and say, is Kawhi still a top five, six, seven player in the NBA? It's a lot of pressure on him. And the fact that we all had different teams in the East and West is why the stakes are high and exactly why I'm looking forward to the playoffs. Please like and subscribe for all the up-to-date content. We're, we, you've been slinging shows left and right, slinging content left and right. Please don't miss anything. If you do, like, subscribe, leave a comment, or leave a question, something you may want to answer, something you may have. It's, all ideas are great ideas. Nothing's a dumb question.